My Seven Chakras, episode 189. When you really want something, all the universe conspires to make it happen. The Seven Chakras, swirling vortices of energy, positioned throughout our body, from the base of the spine to the crown of the head. For thousands of years, this ancient wisdom has been passed on from master to disciple. What are the functions of these energy centers? And could these chakras help you unlock your destiny and find your true purpose? Welcome to My 7 Chakras. And now, your host, Aditya Jai Kumar. What's up, Action Tribe? AJ here, and we are back once again to your oasis for spiritual knowledge and your temple for transformation, where we dive deep into the ancient world to help you find your life's calling. I've got an exciting session in store for you today, but like always, let's listen to our latest iTunes review written by Jen Zia. She writes, the story of your life is written by you. Cynthia's return to native values to establish leadership is brilliant. As always, AJ's interview structure brings forth the best discussion. I plan to read and then share the book. Thank you. So Jen, thank you so much for your review and for reminding us about the importance of spiritually inspired leadership. Action Tribe, if you want your review to be read out as well, make sure you send us your uh, thoughts, your learnings in the form of an iTunes review. How do you write a review? It's super simple. If you are on your podcast app on your iPhone, just hit reviews and then hit write a review. You can also use this link to jump directly onto the iTunes review page. The link you need is my7chakras.com forward slash review. That's my7chakras.com forward slash review. Remember, one review from you is a giant leap for our show. So let's make this movement even bigger and even better. And having said that, let's begin the interview. I'm so excited to bring you our featured guest for today, Dr. Joe Tara. So Dr. Joe, are you ready to inspire? Oh, I'm always ready to inspire, AJ, and I'm so excited to be talking with you and your tribe today. That's phenomenal. So Dr. Joe Tara is a doctor of physical therapy, board certified nutrition specialist and functional medicine practitioner who specializes in treating persistent pain and lifestyle-related musculoskeletal, metabolic, and autoimmune health issues. His mission is to create a new paradigm around treating persistent pain and reverse our global pain epidemic. Dr. Tara is the author of the best-selling book, Heal Your Pain Now, a revolutionary program to reset your brain and body for a pain-free life by Da Capo Press. So, Dr. Joe, thank you so much for joining us today. I've given our listeners a short intro, but take a few seconds and tell us a bit more about your mission. Sure. Um, it's great to be here. Thanks for that that introduction, AJ. It's really wonderful that you mentioned all those that information about me. You know, my mission is really to create what's called a new paradigm around treating chronic pain. Um, I live in the United States of America, and we have about one out of every three people or about 116 million people that struggle with chronic pain. And in a lot of ways, we've been treating pain all wrong. So it's my mission to help bring natural ways that people can bring healing into their life and heal themselves from chronic pain. And what's interesting is that not only is this chronic pain a problem in the United States, but it's actually a problem throughout every country in the world. Well, thanks a lot for sharing. And what really caught my attention was the fact that you mentioned that in a lot of ways, we've been treating pain all wrong. And I look forward to learning more about your study, your experience and some of the recommendations that you have, especially for people 
in our listenership who are experiencing chronic pain. Yeah. So uh, we're going to start, as always, with some inspiration. My question is, what is your favorite inspirational quote and how does that apply in your day-to-day life? Yeah, I mean, I uh, many years ago, I read a book by Paulo Coelho and I love his work. I love his books. And there's always that one line that stands out to me. And that is, when you really want something, all the universe conspires to make it happen. And for me, as a, as a doctor of physical therapy, with the, this large mission of transforming the way we treat pain or changing the paradigm around chronic pain, for me, that quote is, is really key because it's something I really wanted. It's, it's, it's my motivation. It's, it's my inspiration. And it's a rather big project, obviously, to take on. And I just keep coming back to that quote over and over. If ever, at any time I feel any doubt or uncertainty about it, that if I really want something, and this is kind of the universe speaking through me to make this happen, that I can do this and the power is there. And in, in some ways, it's already happening. Well, Dr. Joe, it seems like we both love Paulo Coelho's quotes because we're going to have another quote uh, later on in the interview. But really beautiful quote that you shared with us. When you really want something, the entire universe conspires to help you attract that what you want. So thanks a lot for sharing. And with that, let's dive in. My question is, What inspired you to write your book, Heal Your Pain Now? Yeah, it's a wonderful question. So I wrote my book, Heal Your Pain Now, so that people would understand there are natural ways to heal from chronic pain that actually work and that you can actually do this. In the United States, and I can talk about that, I know you're in Canada, but I'm in the US and our our countries are very similar. Probably between the US and Canada, we consume about 80% of the world's opioid medications. And we have not only a pandemic, as you said before, of chronic pain, we also have an epidemic in many countries of opioid use or people that are using opioids as the way to treat their pain. They're addicted to them. They rely on them. Um, There are physicians and other practitioners that unfortunately have used them as the first line of treatment for curing pain. Um, So, you know, that's that's what my my platform kind of really, you know, revolves around. Got it. So Action Tribe, like we're learning today, there are natural ways to heal your pain, ways that work. And the background, the situation is that, you know, the entire healthcare system is structured in such a way that people tend to consume a lot of opioid medications, people get addicted, and also too dependent on them. And as we're learning today, we want to change that. So Dr. Joe, what exactly is pain? So the truth is pain is a form of protection. Pain is your brain's way of alerting you that you need to be protected. And kind of looking at pain from a, a evolutionary perspective, it was obviously very important because if you were fighting the saber-toothed tiger or you were having a spear fight with the tribe, uh, you know, over the other hillside and, you know, you're in a, a dangerous situation, fear is meant to motivate you. It's meant to to create a behavior change in you. And those are all very important things. The easiest way to think about this is obviously you put your hand on a hot stove, that that heat um, causes pain and that pain motivates you or creates the behavior to pull your hand away. Now, the interesting thing is that this kind of evolutionary mechanism that we have in our current modern society at times doesn't serve us quite well. So when you have pain, if that pain has persisted beyond the three-month period of time, which is normal for healing, we know that is less about the tissues that are injured, and it becomes more about the brain being caught in this state of alarm. And I call it the I call it the harm alarm. So your brain is stuck in the state of what's called the harm alarm, or it's stuck 
kind of constantly turning on this harm alarm and causing pain as a way to alert you, even if there's no injury. So even if that injury has um, healed and is no longer present. Got it. So you said that pain is really an evolutionary mechanism to create a behavioral change in us. And that's been happening since we were cavemen and maybe uh, living on the grasslands. So it's not necessarily a bad thing, but when it becomes long term, that isn't a good sign because you said that the brain is stuck in a harm alarm. So what is the root cause? Why does the brain get there in the first place? Well, your brain your brain is basically weighing the dangers of the day versus the safety of your day. So mm-hmm. if your life has what's called a lot of danger signals or what I call signs of danger, then your brain can turn on that harm alarm. So what are signs of danger? So signs of danger may be, well, I sit too much and I don't get good blood flow to my muscles and my joints. That sign of danger could be, well, I'm sitting at a job that I really don't like and it's not really feeding my life's purpose or passion. Mm-hmm. That harm alarm or that danger signal could be, well, I have a little bit of knee pain and I went to the doctor and he took an x-ray and he said that this arthritis is the 100% cause of my pain. Or it could be the divorce you're going through. All these different things um, are factors in our life and your brain weighs all those factors and figures out, okay, do I have more danger signals or do I have more safety signals? And if you have more danger signals or one really big danger signal, let's say, then your brain can turn on pain as that warning sign, pain as the message, basically. And what's really interesting about pain is that the definition of pain is that it's both a sensory and an emotional experience. So we know the sensory is, mm-hmm. the sensory is what's going on in the body. Do you have inflammation from a poor diet? Do you have inflammation from abusing your body with too much exercise or too little exercise? Are you sedentary? Those are all the sensory changes. The emotional part of that equation or the definition is what are your feelings? What are your thoughts? What have you been told? What have you been educated about? All that happens together and all that weighs in together. So your brain says, okay, I'm either going to turn pain on or I'm going to turn pain off as a way to keep you safe or as a way to alert you to what's going on in your life. Got it. So you said that the harm alarm turns on where there are signs of danger and you sort of gave us examples of the different signs of danger that might be there. But my question is, does the brain treat physical pain the same as emotional pain? It does actually. What's really interesting about the brain is that when we look at the brain under functional MRI, so we look at images of the brain, when you have depression, for instance, depression looks very similar to chronic pain in the brain. And in fact, some people say depression and pain are almost the same exact thing. So there are things that start to occur or changes that occur in the brain, both both structurally as well as functionally, that are similar whether you have physical pain or emotional pain. Got it. Now, my question is, you, you spoke about the emotional aspect of pain. Where does this, you know, uh, start from? Like, are, are our emotions connected to our brain in terms of... Yeah, this is a really great, great question, AJ. And this is why I wrote the book, Heal Your Pain Now. And in there, mm. I have a, a chapter called Your Brain in Pain. And it, it goes through exactly what does that really mean? So when you say my emotions, does that mean that um, I'm crazy? That, the, the you know, the, the pain is only in my head? Or is this really a true thing? So, you know, yeah. pain is always real. That's the first thing I want all your listeners to, to really take in is that pain is always real. It doesn't mean you're crazy. And if a practitioner ever tells you it's just in your head, um, tell them I said that's not true and come to my website and check out what, what what's really happening. But a lot of things, a lot of information that you have in your brain, for instance, are what you've been told about pain. So if you've been told, for instance, that you should move and not rest, that's one, that's one of the big myths. Then you might say to yourself, well, if I have back pain, I should lay in bed and I shouldn't move at all until the pain goes away. And we know that's not true. If you've been told the myth that an imaging study will tell me 100% 
prevent the cause of my pain. The interesting thing about imaging studies is we know that arthritis and herniated discs actually occur in most people, even those that don't have pain. So an imaging study really doesn't correlate with pain. If you have a practitioner that doesn't deliver the message to you correctly about what chronic pain is, and they say, well, you have chronic pain, you're just going to have to manage your pain the rest of your life. That type of language turns on that harm alarm. And you know, emotions obviously contribute to it and, and kind of top all that off. So if you're sad, if you're depressed, if you're anxious, if you're angry, all those emotions can actually make your pain intensity worse. And it can actually make your pain last longer, no matter what the cause. Got it. So could you give us an overview of how the traditional healthcare system currently treats chronic pain and why that might not be the best approach? Yeah, the, the traditional system uses what's called a biomedical model toward treating treating okay. pain. And that biomedical model really, really means that if you come to a physician, let's say, and you have pain, they're going to say, well, let's give you a drug to stop the pain or maybe an injection or possibly let's take you into surgery. And there may be times, I'm not 100% against opioids, there may be times where they're necessary. And the message I'm trying to spread about opioids is that we should use them in the lowest dose for the shortest period of time, only integrated with other healthy natural strategies. So when you start to bring in the other healthy natural strategies, that's when we start to move the current paradigm, which is a biomedical paradigm, to what's called a biopsychosocial paradigm. So that may incorporate medication if needed. It obviously may incorporate something like physical therapy or healthy movement. And then it may incorporate looking at your stress levels, looking at the brain in pain, and trying to figure out how we can really solve this naturally. And I talk about all this in my book so that it becomes really easy for the average person because when you go to a physician nowadays, oftentimes they don't know this information because it's really, really so new. And we're just starting to just kind of scratch the surface when it comes to pain science and really learn about the impact of the brain on your pain response. Got it. So you said that the conventional system, the way it's being done right now is the biomedical model in that uh, a lot of doctors recommend a, a drug, surgery, or an injection to cure the pain, which is not necessarily bad, but they have to be used if they're used in conjunction with natural therapy. And what you mentioned was biopsychosocial model. Is that That's correct? That's correct. Sure. And there's, there's many different types of um, therapies that fit within that biopsychosocial model. And like I said before, it's not, you know, you may actually need, let's say, an anti-inflammatory or an opioid for a very, very short period of time. And so you start mm-hmm. to implement these other things and so you get the proper guidance, support around what you really need to get through your chronic pain struggle. Wonderful. So what are the steps that a person would need to take in order to overcome chronic pain? I'm sure a lot of people might be having this in their mind right now. Yeah, it's a wonderful question. I can tell you what's really interesting about that question is that the first thing that really helps retrain the brain or retrain the bioplasticity that's happened in your brain is to actually learn what pain is and learn what pain is not. So when you start to bust the myths around pain, when you start to learn what pain actually is, you start to kind of quiet down that harm alarm in your brain. So for instance, we spoke about some of them already. You know, an imaging study is only one part of your pain experience. So just seeing a little bit of arthritis there or seeing that herniated disc really doesn't tell you a whole lot about your pain. So learning about pain and teaching yourself what pain is really is the fastest way to kind of dull that pain response or to quiet what's called an overly sensitive nervous system. Because when you have chronic pain, we really look more toward that nervous system being in a what's called a hypervigilant state versus the tissues. We know that healthy tissue, if you're, unhealthy, if you're a relatively healthy person, tissue heals within three months. The further yeah. you move away from that three-month period of time, we look toward the brain and less toward the body's tissues. Got it. So the first step you said is actually trying to change the brain's neuroplasticity. Plasticity, right? Yeah, no. that, that's right. Changing the brain 
brain's plasticity. So we call that neuroplasticity, which is really super important. And the way we do that is through pain science education. And, and what's so great, what's really wonderful about pain science education is that someone can listen to a podcast like this for about an hour yeah. and learn about the, some of the concepts that I'm talking about. And from that alone, from that just educational session, if you will, really what we're doing here right now, AJ, is we're giving people an educational session about the brain and pain. And we're starting to quiet that harm alarm. We're starting to decrease their fear. When you decrease fear, especially, you decrease pain throughout your body. Got it. So sort of, as you mentioned, quietening the brain's harm alarm. That's correct. That's right. Wonderful. So how soon can a person move from chronic pain to no pain? How, how much time does it take typically? Yeah, I mean, it, you know, it can happen really, you know, within a, a very short period of time. It's interesting. I had a patient come to me um, a couple of weeks ago who had chronic back pain. And I said, well, how long have you had this for? And he said, oh, I've had this for about two years. I said, okay, what, what have you done for it? He said, well, you know, it comes and goes. But when it comes, it's pretty bad. And last week I had it really bad and I took four Advil and nothing happened at all. I had, I had no pain relief at all. I didn't feel anything. I didn't take the edge off at all. And I said, okay. I said, well, that's really important because it tells you that your pain is not from inflammation and it tells you that your pain is coming from your brain. So once I did this little kind of pain science treatment session with him, he went home and I said, read over some of these exercises, do some of the, the brain and pain training exercises I've given you. And he emailed me about two days later. He said, you know, he said, I woke up this morning, said I had no pain. He's like, all of a sudden it was just like, poof, my pain just disappeared. He said, is it, he mm. said, is that really possible? I said, it's possible because you're really retraining what's happening in your brain, not so much, you know, the drug approach or the surgery. Wonderful. So you shared with us some of the commonly held myths about chronic pain. Are there any other myths that you'd like our listeners to know about? Yeah, there's there's probably about 10 of them. And you can learn about those by going to thepainquiz.com. So I have a great quiz that quizzes people on what the myths about pain are. So if you go to thepainquiz.com mm-hmm. and you take that free quiz, it'll tell you what those myths are, all, all 10 of them. There's about 10 that I go through with patients. It's almost it's almost yep. like a, a pain science curriculum, if you will. So I take people through this curriculum about teaching them what pain is and what pain isn't. And for a lot of times I do that just, you know, either the first or second session with people. Um, in my online program, in my group program, program, that's one of the first things we do is we go through those um, pain sessions, if you will, those pain teachings. And they're really powerful for helping people kind of get that start. It's kind of the first stake in the ground. And people say, wow, I've never heard this information. I want to know what this is so I can take, you know, empower myself and heal myself and take this into my own hands. So there you go, Action Tribe, thepainquiz.com. Especially if you suffer from chronic pain or somebody you know has chronic pain, then you might want to share this link. So Dr. Joe, what role does nutrition and diet play in overcoming chronic pain? Well, nutrition is, is probably my, my second kind of stake, stake in the ground, if you will. It's really super It's really super important. If you have a what's called a pro-inflammatory diet that is full of you know chemically produced foods. I say if you're eating food that was that comes in a box, a can, or made by man, there are probably things you shouldn't be eating. So you really want to focus on what's called a whole foods diet. Those are obviously plant foods, fruits and vegetables, some healthy grains, nuts and seeds, and obviously animal products. If you feel like you'd like to eat them, that's fine with me. Protein is actually a very important thing. Um, but that's, you know, a tr- nutrition is extremely important. So if you have an inflammatory condition, and those are things like obesity, prediabetes, diabetes, or an autoimmune condition, those are probably the four major types, then nutrition is really, really the, the place that you need to, to really start to decrease that inflammation throughout your body. And oftentimes that comes with healing the gut first. So when you when you heal the gut, you oftentimes seal that inflammation off from the rest of your body. Got it. Now, Dr. Joe, uh, I'm a big fan of Tim Ferriss and he talks about something called the ketogenic diet. And I read somewhere on your on your website and your, and on your blog 
that you talk about it as well. So for our listeners, what exactly is a ketogenic diet and then do you recommend that? Yeah, a ketogenic diet is a very high fat diet. So it's about uh, 70% or 65 to 70% of your diet is fat. And it's a very low carbohydrate diet. So your diet is probably about 10 or 15% carbohydrates. I talk about it in my book, Heal Your Pain Now. And I really talk about this so that people would be on the cutting edge science of what's going on in the nutrition world as far as healing your pain. Now, here's the fascinating thing about Mm -hmm. a ketogenic diet that a ketogenic diet is high fat and it's healthy fat. So obviously we're not talking about, you know, fried oils or animal fats that are bad for you. But those mm. fats actually go to your brain and they start to decrease something called glutamate. And when you decrease glutamate, which is a neurotransmitter, other neurotransmitters such as GABA start to increase. When GABA increases, it, it promotes a calming effect in the brain. It quiets the nervous system. It helps decrease pain. So the, the take-home message with a ketogenic diet is that it decreases that glutamate in your brain and help upregulate GABA to promote relaxation. The other thing that's interesting about a ketogenic diet is that it's a low-carbohydrate diet, so it really Mm -hmm. helps regulate blood sugar. It helps regulate insulin. If we look at patients that are diabetic, we know they have obviously insulin problems and uh, blood sugar regulation problems. And oftentimes they have high statistics or we know they have, you know, data is high about them having chronic pain. So when you regulate blood sugar, when you regulate insulin through a high fat diet, low carbohydrate diet, you help decrease inflammation and you help decrease pain. Got it. Now, speaking about blood sugar and insulin, especially in the morning times, I've heard people recommend intermittent fasting as well as skipping the breakfast. Do you recommend that or not? What's your experience with that? So that's one strategy that people could people can try to adopt. The interesting thing about intermittent fasting is that it sends a similar signal as a ketogenic diet uh, sends mm. in, in, the, in the sense that you're almost sending a signal to your body that it, 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 it's in a fasting state and it kind of makes the body kind of pay attention. Okay, what's going on? What's happening around me? Do I not have any food? And when that happens, your immune system starts to turn on just a little bit more than it normally is. And oftentimes that makes you feel good. Uh, it decreases pain. It decreases your pain sensation. It increases your metabolism at times. Um, a lot of wonderful things happen with intermittent fasting. There are people that it, it definitely works more for, and there, there yeah. are people that it doesn't work so well for. Um, if you're in any kind of extreme stress, if you have what's called adrenal fatigue, if you're a female that has thyroid problems, a ketogenic diet is not the first thing you, you should go for. But for everyone else, especially those with blood sugar issues, um, a ketogenic diet and intermittent fasting uh, really can work well together. Well, that is some really, really great information that you've shared. And thanks a lot for sharing uh, those stories as well. For someone who wants to take action right away, what is that one action step you'd recommend for our listeners? One action step. Well, I guess, you know, we've talked about a lot of things today. So I think the first action step would be, you know, if you have chronic pain, you struggle with pain, and you haven't been able to find a solution for pain, go to thepainquiz.com and start to teach yourself and educate yourself about what pain is. Once you take that one action step, I think you'd be surprised at how your whole brain starts to open up to a different realm of possibilities of healing that are, are possible in your life and that you've ne- that really no one has ever shared with you. So Action Tribe, to access today's show notes, visit my7chakras.com forward slash 189. That's my7chakras.com forward slash 189. An ant on the move does more 
than a dozing ox. This is a quote by Lao Tzu. Action Tribe, I know that you are committed to personal development and transformation and you are genuinely in search of the truth. You're reading books, you're listening to these podcasts like ours and you're attending in-person workshops. But sometimes it might feel like progress is really slow. It might seem like people around you are achieving those transformations much faster and as a result you might feel a bit sad. So don't let that ever happen. Remember, you feel that way because you have a high standard for your life and that's great but you need to be kind to yourself and grateful for the journey that you've made so far focus on the process and not on the end result because before you know it you will achieve your human revolution so dr joe talk to us about a time when you personally experienced a challenge a life challenge how did you enter that situation and then what steps did you take to overcome it yeah, it's a wonderful question, AJ, and I think it's it's great, especially to ask um, you know those of us in the health world because I think patients come to us and you know they think, well, you're you know you're a doctor of physical therapy, you have a doctor degree, you must be 100% healthy. And the truth is, all of us have our struggles to overcome. All of us have our health challenges that we're constantly working on. It's a journey we're all on. About uh, it's probably about two years ago now. Um, I lost my voice. And I'm not talking about I just had a little bit of laryngitis or a cold. I had absolutely no voice for about three months. I couldn't speak a word. And I went around to, God, probably about 10 physicians trying to find out what happened. I've had CAT scans, MRIs. I've had all the blood work done. And no one could find out what was wrong. And my voice started coming back very, very, very slowly around month four, but not not really super strong. And I was still very concerned and very anxious. And doctors wanted to do all sorts of surgeries to my vocal cords, which, as you know, is, is a really sensitive part of your body. There are two little strings that look like guitar strings um, that, you know, are, are very fine. They wanted to, you know, inject a, a substance into them. They want to put a plate in there. Some people want to do a, what's called a nerve transposition where they move a nerve from my leg into my throat. And I was like, you know, I'm just not doing this. I don't really believe that surgery should be the first step. I, I really believe in the body's innate ability to heal. And I'm going to find a way to heal this naturally. So I, I took a step back and I said, okay, what's going on in my life right now? What, what, what purpose does this serve in my life? Because at, at times people, I, I really truly believe that illness comes at times to kind of serve a purpose in your life. So for me, at that moment, I had just got my book deal for my book, Heal Your Pain Now. And of course, you know, people write books, they don't, they don't come out till, till years later. So this is almost two years ago. And I'm writing this book, and I'm writing this book to be a new paradigm around pain. And I'm sitting there, and I'm saying to myself, you know, this is a wonderful book that's going to help millions of people. However, however, I'm saying some things in here that are shocking, like we shouldn't take medication for pain. We shouldn't have surgery for pain. And some of that, I think, at times caused me anxiety. It caused me to doubt myself. And what I was really doing is I think I was testing out my voice. And at that point, I really wasn't quite sure. I didn't have a, a strong grasp of who I was going to be and how I was going to take this position as the leader to cure pain. So for me, I think something happened in my brain. You know, we're talking about the brain and pain. Um, what's really interesting is that you can have many, many types of changes that happen from anxiety, from stress, everything from pain to voice changes to skin changes. For me, it manifested itself as having no voice. So once I started to really, you know, do some some work around my my journey in life, my position, my platform, my mission, 
my voice started to come back, and it came back very, very rapidly. Um, and some of that, you know, AJ, to be quite frank, was was very, you know, very spiritual for me. It was okay. This is my life's mission. So, you know, give me my, my voice back so I can carry this message to people who really need it. So that was, you know, that was really a, a challenge I had to overcome. Um, and it was, it was, you know, pertinent to me in my life is my health, but it was also pertinent to kind of my big, bigger mission and, you know, my, my bigger message. Well, thanks a lot for sharing that really inspiring story. If you had to share one major life lesson with our listeners from your story in just one sentence, what would that be? One life lesson. I would say the lesson is when you find purpose and passion, a lot of your other ailments and, and pains, if you will, tend to just fade away. Well, thanks a lot for sharing, uh, Dr. Joe. Even though going back to that moment might have caused certain uh, challenges because it was a, a moment of pain. You shared that about two years back, you lost your voice for three whole months. You went to many physicians, but they couldn't really find out why you had lost your voice and many people wanted to act on it in ways that were not very uh, safe right you, they wanted to do some surgery on your vocal cord but that was really dangerous but you knew deep down that uh, the body could heal naturally and you began to ask yourself these uh, wonderful and empowering questions right what purpose does this serve in my life and you realized uh, that you were in a stage in your life where your book was you know, being released and certain things that you said were causing you anxiety and worry because you were stepping out of your comfort zone. And then you began to do some inner work on your journey, on, on your mission. And uh, basically, in terms of our show, you began working on your throat chakra. And as time progressed, your voice began to return again. And uh, it's so amazing that you did not do those surgeries because you listened to your inner voice. So thanks a lot for sharing. I think it's really, really inspiring. And I'm sure a lot of our listeners can relate as well. Yeah, thanks for bringing up the, the, the throat chakra because it, it's funny you bring that up because when I was younger, I was very uh, into yoga. I would do it twice a week and then I, you know, oh. kind of get out of the habit as, as we do with exercise and some of our, you know, practices. Um, and part of my journey was not only kind of, you know, spiritually, but I also started doing yoga again, which I think just, you know, tapping into some of those chakras really did help my, my voice come back. Beautiful. So Action Tribe, as you listen to the stories, ideas and possibilities in our episodes, your mind will begin to get creative. You will begin to push the envelope of what is possible for you and you will begin to accept that personal transformation is very possible. You'll also begin to know that greatness is within you. And you just have to awaken it. But every once in a while, your critical self will make you rationalize your thinking. It will make you doubt yourself and make you get back to your old ways of thinking. But always remember that your past does not equal to your future. And like Paul Coelho, author of The Alchemist, once said, it is the possibility of having a dream come true that makes life interesting. So Dr. Joe, what is your life's purpose? My life's purpose is to heal as many people as possible from chronic pain. I have a goal of healing 20 million people by the year 2020. And I would like to change the way we treat chronic pain in our healthcare system. I'd like to not only help people, so teach people how they can heal their pain naturally, but also train practitioners in natural ways to heal pain. So you've shared so many amazing ideas and insights and stories with us today. Out of all those memories, was there ever a defining moment that really changed your life? A defining moment? Um, interesting question to ask. Uh, in my current life or you mean in my past when I was younger? Uh, all throughout your life. Well, can be anything. Yeah, I think that I do. I think the defining moment is for me is when you work in healthcare, it's, 
it's actually um, the burnout rate in healthcare is actually high mm. because we work with people who are, are struggling because we have a healthcare system that isn't always just and and you know does well by the patient. We oftentimes have to um, you know really advocate for people for them to get better. Oftentimes that's you know dealing with insurance companies, which can be very very difficult. Yeah. So for me, probably oh that'd be probably about eight years now. I was like, oh, this is really this is not what I thought it was going to be. Like I love helping people. I love bringing them on their health journey, but I don't like this other side. So for me, kind of finding that bigger purpose and mission helped me to, it really was a defining moment for me saying, okay, just because that insurance company is there doesn't mean I have to do it the way they're telling me to do it. I can create my own path and my own curriculum, so to speak, to help people. And once I did that, everything started to change. I My practice completely transformed. People were getting better faster. And I enjoyed my work a hundred times more than working in kind of the older system. Wonderful. I think that's really, really inspiring. And with that, we have arrived at the last round for today, the wisdom round. And the purpose of this round is to take notes and take action. So Dr. Joe, what is the best advice that someone has ever given you? Well, the best advice is I had a, a personal coach and, you know, when I was working through kind of what my mission and my purpose was, I was very excited. And he said, okay, you know, time is kind of a relative factor. Einstein taught us that. And as you start to work on this, this mission and this purpose, that there are three Ps that you should practice. And those are patience, pacing, and persistence. So have patience with yourself and your journey. Pace yourself meaning obviously you love things, but you can't go at them 100% every single day of your life. And then just to be persistent. So if you do a little bit every day, eventually you're going to wind up in that sweet spot. The three Ps, love that. So name a personal habit that keeps you going. A personal habit that would I would say keeps me going is um, having kind of a spiritual practice in the morning where I read a one lesson from a book called A Course in Miracles. And then I spend five or 10 minutes in silence meditating, meditating on that lesson. So could you elaborate on what your morning routine is like? Because that's my next question. Uh, yeah, sure. So um, <laughs> my morning routine is, um, well, obviously, I, I open my eyes, I wake up, um, I place my feet on the floor, and I have this one phrase that I say, and I say, each day, I ask the inner genius for a quantum leap forward, meaning I'm asking for the universe, I'm asking for source to keep propelling me forward on my journey in the right direction. Um, then I go to the kitchen and I make myself a cup of green tea, uh, which is my favorite beverage of choice in the morning. And I sit and I read one of those um, lessons in A Course in Miracles. Then I spend five minutes meditating on that. And then I'll, I'll list the five most important things that I need to accomplish for the day. No more than five. Sometimes it may be less. And then the three most important people that I, I need to connect with in that day. And that could be, you know, a work connection as far as a person or it could be, you know, a personal connection. So just to restate, was that each day I ask my inner genius for my quantum leap forward? Yes, each day I ask the inner genius for a quantum leap forward. And that just means that obviously as a human being, I know that I have a responsibility to keep myself healthy and to do the work, but also that I'm tapping into kind of that higher be being to the universe, to source, to God, whatever you want to term it to kind of give me the power to propel forward. Wow, I really love that uh, statement. Thanks a lot for sharing. So name a book that you'd like to recommend for our listeners today. Um, one book that I would recommend to listeners, I would say Waking the Tiger. Uh, it talks about healing trauma. So if anyone has any kind of major trauma in their life, they can read a book called Waking the Tiger. So Action Tribe, I know how much you love our book recommendations. And I know that many of you purchase these books as soon as you hear them share on our show. And that's why audible.com is offering 
Action Tribe one free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial so that you can get to check out their amazing service. Now, Audible has over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, or Kindle, including bestsellers like The Chakra System by Anadia Judith, Autobiography of a Yogi by Yogananda, and A New Earth by Eckhart Tolle. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com forward slash msc. Once again, that's A-U-D-I-B-L-E trial.com forward slash msc for your free audiobook. So Dr. Joe, thank you so much for joining us today. Before you go, tell us something that you are grateful for and also tell us how we can find you online. Sure. Um, well, AG, I'm grateful for people like you who invite me on their podcast to help spread the message of hope and healing for the millions that have chronic pain. And they can learn more about going to the pain quiz or by going directly to my website at www.drjoetata.com. That's www.drjoetata.com. TTA.com. Wonderful. We'll have both these links up in the show notes. So Dr. Joe, once again, thank you so much for coming on our show, talking to us about healing chronic pain naturally and taking us one step closer to a human revolution. Thanks, AJ. Take care. You are listening to My 7 Chakras. Go to mysevenchakras.com. Download your free gift, get inspired, and take action. Transform your life today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.